the back deck, we're having a beer. And he looked at me and he said, hey, can I ask you something? I said, sure. And he said, I'm going to ask you to never do that again. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Account Management, a tactical guide to success. You got Fred Fuller here on the other side of the table, Mr. John Brown. John, how the heck are you, man? I'm awesome. How are you? I am good. I like your background there. You got the clouds floating. Yeah, I'm in the clouds. I'm on cloud nine. You know why? Tell me. Because we just published our book. Because we're kind of famous. I wouldn't go that far. No, we are. But we did publish our book. It's called A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting. It is available at Amazon and wherever fine books are sold. Go go buy it today. Buy multiple copies. It's a great um, Christmas gift, uh, Hanukkah. Stocking art tougher. <laughs> Arbor Day, um, 4th of July. Um, yeah. buy, buy a case of books. You'll be glad you did. It makes the perfect gift. It is the perfect gift. Uh, wow. We, you need, are you in marketing? I am. <laughs> you, no. you don't run the marketing department? No, I'm not. At a, your J-O-B? No. Cle- clearly I'm not, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's another thing you can do for us. You can buy the book. You can rate the podcast, right? You can rate this podcast. Please rate the podcast. Yes, that helps the algorithms and, and makes it uh, more popular if you enjoy learning about account management. And also, if you are enjoying the podcast and or enjoy the book, or if you don't, send us an email. Go to our website. Um, you can go to a dragonwalksintoameeting.com uh, and um, send us a note. Tell us how great or terrible we are. We'd love to hear it. A dragonwalksintoameeting.com? That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, or, you, or you can type in fuller-brown.com. So you can get the internet there a number has of a lot of ways to do things, Fred. You can do whatever so, you want. Yeah, this is the, it's a new world order. Um, th- this is interesting. I, let's talk about that for a minute because the email us, like we run across, I, t- I can tell you right now in my job, pro- at least daily, I run across a scenario where I'm like, this is really interesting stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. the, the things that you want to bounce off of people, things that you want to talk about, these scenarios, these moments, these micro moments, they come up like every single day if you mm-hmm. work with clients. Yeah. So we want to hear about your experiences, right? We want to hear what's on your mind. What are the challenges? What did you learn this week? Like give us a shout because we need right. that interaction because, you know, you know, we want to know what's out there. We want to know what's on your mind. We can, we can help answer some questions for you. It's always great to hear stories of people who are doing client management and the challenges they face. And um, because there, there's always something new. I mean, I, we've been doing this for a long time, but we learn new things every day because there's always new situations. We love hearing about those. And because we work with people, right? Like it's not, this isn't math where, Hey, I can give you the formula and boom, off and running henceforth and forevermore. Like this is very different, very dynamic for every moment. But that's enough of that. Today, we are going to talk about creating connections and seeking to understand. So we're getting into chapter two of the book right now. And John, what what are we going to talk about specifically within that within those realms? Yeah, uh, we've got six things that we're going to cover today. Uh, and they are, first of all, every interaction is a sales interaction. Love it. The second, learn your client. It's a, it's a soft skill. We're going to talk about that soft skill, but, but it's a soft skill you need to turn into a hard task. So we're going to talk about how to do that. We're going to talk about the first five minutes. 
Uh, that's number three. Number four, we're going to pra- learn about practicing business etiquette, which is not uh, where to sit and which fork to use. Uh, that's That phrase sounds a little fussy, but that's not what it's about. And then five, how to interact with senior executives. Six, social media. So we're going to talk about how to all those things roll up to creating connections and seeking to understand. We're going to talk about literally the tactics of how to do it. You know, in the last uh, couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about the six philosophies, a little bit more philosophical. This is going to be more like what to do. What to do. You can't ever have, can't ever have enough of what to do. So, um, well, without any further ado, why don't we jump in? I like this first one. Every interaction is a sales interaction. And I almost feel like you got to put a, like a word of caution in there, right? Somebody asked me one time in an interview, what do you not like about sales? And my response was the stigma. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I don't like the slick haired, you know, expensive right. suit, slick talking. So when I read that, when I hear that every interaction is a sales interaction, like let's make sure we temper that with it's a real human interaction. It's not a what can I get out of this conversation approach. Is that correct? Yeah, it's. Right. Take the stigma out of the word. What we're suggesting with that is that when you interact with anyone, even if it's not your direct client, if it's somebody in the orbit of your direct client, that on some level you're selling yourself. You need to, and so when you say the word selling, it's about going above and beyond with everybody that you interact with, um, not just the people that you know, that buy your product. And so we need sales in the best meaning of that word, not the worst meaning of that, of that word. And um, it's about being a real, real human being and a good, good person. Right. So that's, that's what that first one means. And so specifically what we mean by that is everybody at your, that works at your client, even if they're not your direct buyer that you interact with, you need to do a great job for them and treat them just like they were your client, right? So that includes everybody um, maybe who aren't decision makers, but have an effect on your client's buying. So everybody in customer care, everybody who's a, a administrator at the client, everybody who surrounds your main client. That's what that means about every interaction being a sales interaction. Yeah. Here's an interesting, um, scenario. So I have a very specific story about this, but there's, but Tell I want to touch story. Well, I want to touch on one thing uh, first. I, it's a great story. Can't wait. Can't wait. Now it's the, the, what's very interesting when I think about this is the way that the dynamics change as you move down the, um, the hierarchy within an organization. So let me give you an example. I am the senior account manager guy, whatever, whatever. And my client is big company A. With big company A, I interact at that. Let's just make it up. But let's say I interact at a senior vice president level. We have a technical arrangement that we're working on by the, and, and so upstairs that senior vice president is very keenly aware of the relationship and like who is in the position of power or whatever you want to talk about. Right. And, and everybody's aware when, when I'm interacting with somebody that is down knee deep in the technical world, 
like they look at me because I have access to that big boss. Like mm-hmm. I am the client, like, like they look at me and get real nervous and like, Hey, uh, you know, I just know that I'm not normally mm-hmm. talking to somebody at, you know, I just don't interact at this level. It's not my thing. And, and that's an opportunity, right? From a sales perspective, that guy, that person is not going to sign a, a statement of work for me. That person is not going to sign a contract for me, but that person can be influential when they go back up the food chain. Right. There's a natural tendency to maybe not worry about their opinion or worry about, or be less than your true self with them because, um, you know, to your point, they're not signing the deal. Right. But but that you need to be just as good with them as you would with your executive contact. Yeah, they're 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 influential, right? And and one day they might be your executive contact, right? So that <laughs> yeah, I've it, seen that happen. Yeah. It, it happens, right? And right. whether it's at that organization or another organization, it is a teeny tiny world. That's the one thing I impress upon my children more than anything in life. Like it is a small, small world act, you know, like, like manage yourself accordingly. Mm-hmm. But the, the story I have specific to this is actually quite interesting. We were planning an event to, uh, we were taking a handful of clients to it, one of the premier sporting events in the, literally like in the world, right? Mm-hmm. The Masters. Down the road, Augusta, everybody wants to be there. It's a tough ticket to get. We managed to pull off something and we were bringing some executives in and, and you'd think this would be a fairly easy endeavor. You think, hey, yeah, you man, think everybody call- would be like, oh my God, a free ticket to the Masters. I'm in. Simple. I'll drop, I'll drop everything I got going. Right. Right. I'm in. Um, and, and it, and typically it's just, it's just difficult. It's more difficult than that. Right. Everybody's flying all over the globe and this is pre COVID, right. Mm-hmm. People are flying all over the globe. It's hard to coordinate schedules. And, and, and as, as I expected, most of them said, Hey, can you work with my, my admin? Mm-hmm. Like, fine. Yeah, no problem, man. Whatever's quickest and easiest and blah, blah, blah. And one of our clients in particular just had a very challenging schedule. He really wanted to go and it was becoming fairly arduous. And at one point in time, I'm working with his admin and she was frustrated because she's like, you know, I I deal with this stuff all the time on a day-to-day basis. I really, am I planning this guy's weekend right now? It's really difficult. It's supposed to be fun stuff. Like this is just burning calories that I don't have to burn on something like Mm -hmm. this. And, and so I, I could have gotten a little bit frustrated with her and kind of been like, Hey, your boss wants it. Like, can you, can you just get in line and go do it? Like, you know what I mean? I could have taken and not, not probably not that adversarial, but I could have taken a stronger tone, but I just thought she's frustrated. Like I had to really understand, like she's frustrated. She wants to solve this. She wants it to go away. How can I help her do that? Like, how can I be an asset to her? Mm-hmm. And so I, I worked with her. I was very patient. I understood where she was. We got it all worked out. We got it all worked out really well. But the last thing I did, I said, look, I really appreciate your time. I know this was challenging and it was kind of something that you almost really didn't have to do. Really appreciate it. I said, I would like to get you something from this event. You know, can you give me, you know, like your shirt size and, you know, things like that. And, and, and I just want to take care of you. And you would have thought... I had offered her $3 million. Like she just, she just, her whole demeanor changed. Mm -hmm. Everything changed. She was different engagement, different disposition, the whole deal, which was really, really wonderful because I felt good because she was actually in a happy place. Like I fundamentally, that was it. It wasn't, what can I get out of this? I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to help her. Right. Right. 
the end result of her really appreciating the fact that we treated her as an equal was that in the future, whenever we reached out and said, hey, you know, how are you? Any chance we can talk with, with Joe? We went to the top of the line. Right. Like right to the top of the stack. Like I knew that Joe was going to get my message henceforth and forevermore. And it was true. Right. And right. I don't think it was because we took him to the masters. I think it was because we treated his admin with respect and dignity and as an equal. That's what changed everything. Yeah. You know, when we say it's a sales interaction, what we're really saying is actually care about the other person. And what you did there was you demonstrated in a very small way. Now that you didn't, uh, you know, do something crazy, you didn't light the world on fire. You, you, you bought a shirt, which the shirts from the masters are super nice. So you know, maybe that might've helped, yeah. but um, Augusta yeah, you national, Augusta national. If you're listening, you can send the free tickets to um, <laughs> East Atlanta and Decatur. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't think they're going to be listening to this, but okay. You never know. Um, yeah. The, the, that's a, that's a great example, right? So, you know, every interaction, you know, so it'd be easy to kind of gloss over that relationship and not, not worry about it, but because uh, the assistant was part of your, your, you treated her like the client, right? And right. that, that made all the difference, right? And so you need to do that with everybody at your client. Yeah. Great, great example. Great story. All right. So number two, learn your client. It's a soft skill you can turn into a task. Yeah, that's right. So, the, you know, I, every account manager I know, if I ask them, well, how well, you know, what kind of relationship do you have with this person? Um, oh, great. I got a great relationship. Really? What, what are their, what are their um, kids' names? Right. Silence. Crickets. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and so what we're saying here is let's, let's turn it into, let's turn it into a task list, right? It's, let's turn it into a thing you have to get done. And let's talk tactically about what those things are. Uh, before I jump into all these, if you have a CRM system in your company and, you know, the biggest, most popular one is Salesforce, but there's lots of other variants out there. I would highly encourage you to add this data into your, into your CRM because, you know, one day you may move into another role and you want to bequeath to the account manager that comes after you all of this really fantastic knowledge that you've gathered. So that it's really important from that standpoint. But I would argue, if you think about it, what's the point of account management to begin with? It's to create relationships and build trust, right? So what, so this list is just, just as important as all the technical attributes, you know, that your client has that you have to keep in your CRM, right? And so it's, um, so here, here's the list of things at least you need to know about every one of your clients, their professional background, their hobbies and interests, their birthday, mm -hmm. Uh, their assistance information, if they have one, if they're like a senior executive, their view of the business relationship, sort of obvious, but, you know, supporter, neutral, detractor, red, yellow, green. Um, there's many schema for that. Their physical address and their kids' names, as I mentioned before. And uh, let me go through each of those and just briefly mention why you need to know them. Hopefully most of them are obvious. Some of them maybe not so obvious. Their professional background, uh, because you want to be able to relate to them, like relate back uh, things that um, in their past that you know about them so that you can ask them questions about their past to show that you're invested in them, that you understand them, right? And what 
is great is these days that's relatively easy with LinkedIn. You can just go and look and find out their professional background. I would suggest a better way to do it would be to ask them about it because they will tell you the details that, that matter to them. Right. So that's yeah. a great conversation opener. Yeah. I, th- I think that's huge. Um, it, it, the understanding what makes somebody tick. I worked with a guy one time who was, who was in a, almost like a project management capacity and he was incredibly detail oriented and just that he was very, very unique in the way that he operated. Mm-hmm. And, and then I later found out what his math, what his major was, right? Like he was a math major in college and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like there are characteristics specific mm-hmm. to that discipline that I see over here, even though it has nothing to do with right. math. Now I can communicate and I understand your communication on a, on a really on a very different level. Right. And we be in and, and that relationship became a lot more effective after that learning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well that, that leads to the next one, which is hobbies and interests. Hopefully a little bit obvious. You build a relationship with somebody, with somebody by understanding them and their background and, uh, they really, they have thousands of Hummel figurines in their home and you want to, you want to know about that so you can talk about it and relate to them, uh, on that level or extra. <laughs> they're, a, they're, a, they're a, uh, they, they are massive, um, scrimshaw collectors or, you know, whatever the, whatever the hobby yeah. or interest. Most, no, most people's hobbies and interests, you know, if they have children are generally going to revolve around that. That's, that's pretty easy. Most people don't have really exotic hobbies, but if they do, you want it, you want to know that regardless. Yeah, sure. All right, moving on. Their birthday. Yes. Why do you need to, why do you need to know this? Cause you're going to send them a birthday note on their birthday. So again, great stuff to put in your CRM system, have it trigger, uh, like reminding you their birthday is coming up. Why is this important? I, you know, I'm not, I'm not naturally good at this by the way, but people love it when you mention their birthday to them. I, I let me, let, let me ask you a question about that, mm-hmm. John. I think this creates an interesting scenario here in that, I've been concerned in the past where I've had a client who was just one of these kind of super tough, straight business guys. Mm-hmm. Not, not a bad guy, right? But just this is I'm here to conduct business and to move the needle and that is my job. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that guy wants a birthday note for me. Like what's your advice there? That's a great question. Uh, you know, you have to have some judgment about these things, but I would, I would say that person is the exception that proves the rule. Like okay. 99% of people, that's not the case, right? And so, yeah, yeah you, you want to have judgment about these things. Um, if you, but I would, but let me ask you this. So, so your tough client, did you ever uh, ask him about his kids? Yeah, I, I and, did. And you know, and, 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 did that and break I, the I, ice a little bit? It does break the ice, but I think the warning to listeners, if you're, if you're new to this, is that you won't get it on the first go. That's right. right. So there's, so timing, like there's a, there is a approach and a feel here that you need to be aware of. I think as we go through the whole list, right. Yeah. And, 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 and that feel and approach is like, look, if it's your first meeting and you're talking about the project and they're saying they feel like we got off to a rocky start, that might not be the time to ask for his kids <laughs> names. Yeah. Right. Well, what I tell the account managers is here's this list. This is what I expect you to, to know. 
um, or, or at least have stored somewhere. Like you can't, maybe you don't remember every single one of these for everybody, but you've got this information. You don't collect it all at once, right? So <laughs> have a little yeah. bit of a plan. Like in my next seven meetings, I'm going to collect each one of these things, right? So, and, and also when appropriate, uh, obviously. Yeah. So like, don't, don't take our list and go to your next client meeting and not, you know, not that you would, but don't take our list to go to the next client meeting and yeah, yeah, run yeah. down the list. Like don't, don't do that. You, you, this, this is a project. If you don't have this information, this is a project that takes a year or more to kind of get all this right. So there is, it, but it's well worth it once, once you do. Okay. So we talked about birthday, their assistance information. We talk about why that's important in your story. So yep. hopefully we don't need to make that more obvious. Yep. Their view of the business relationship, again, when you get to account mapping, and we'll talk about that later, we'll talk about doing, um, uh, we'll talk about doing account reviews, we'll get to that in a later podcast, this is going to be critically important for that activity, so you know where they stand as a client, seems sort of obvious. Their physical address, why do you need that? Um, so you can... Uh, I, you know, yeah, right. So you like, need it. You, here's the answer. Uh, you're gonna you because there's a good chance you're gonna be sending them um, some sort of holiday gift or gift basket or something like that, right? Yeah. Maybe your company would, do, maybe your company doesn't do that, uh, and that's and that's certainly fine. But um, it, you'd be surprised when it come it'll come up all of a sudden when you need to send something, and now you don't have it, and now you have to go get it. Um, but I, I have all my account teams get this because, you know, typically, uh, there's some sort of holiday gift coming. Yeah. You know, well here, and I, let me give you a really good example on that mm-hmm. one. We had, um, clients that instead of doing the fruit basket, which by the way, that's a whole different podcast, but <laughs> we'll have to talk about but, what the good gift, yeah. I, 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 we can do a whole podcast on the lousy ones that I've given. Right. Like, don't, it doesn't got, it's a waste of everybody's time and energy. But what we did was we actually, and we got permission and we did, so I'm not telling anybody go off the reservation here, right? Like check all the boxes internally and blah, 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 blah. But we got permission to give our top clients a membership for beer of the month club thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So here you go. You're and so you have to get their, their home address for that. Right. So you need it, but, but you know, what a great thing, right? Like stop and think about that for a minute. So there is a need to have that physical address and you can quickly tie it into something like that. Like people might be a little bit hesitant when you say, what's your home address. And then when you say like free beer for six months, they're like, Oh yeah. Boom. Like they'll tattoo it on, you know? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be their home address. Usually their work address is, is fine. Um, so you know, have some judgment there. Um, well, COVID, co- well, real quick though, John, did COVID makes that interesting, right? Yeah, that's like, a great I, point. Right. And so, so it actually be, is probably will become much more natural. More to common. Ask. Yeah, that's right. But I think food, you're right. Food for thought. All right. Yeah. A little current events there for you. Um, and then the last one, their kid, their spouse's name and their kid's name. I should have mentioned spouse also earlier. Uh, I, this might be the most important one on the list. I think, I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a good question, but <clears throat> you know, I, I have yet to meet the most hardened executive, um, who's all business, who doesn't kind of melt a little bit. If you bring up their kids' names and you actually use their, use their names. And I'll, I'll tell you a story to illustrate this. So I was, um, at a, a client kind of conference thing a few years ago. And, um, I walk up to my client um, who I knew reasonably well, and um, he had just had a daughter, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, he was actually talking with the president of our business. So this is a 
you know, multi-billion dollar enterprise. The the president uh, was sitting there having a conversation with this gentleman. And I walked up to him and a, a little bit interrupty, I just sort of, I asked, um, you know, how's Chelsea, the, the daughter's name? He, he dropped that whole conversation he's having with the leader of a, a multi-billion dollar enterprise and just, and turned to me with his eyes wide and just started talking about that as excited as he could possibly be. And he, he went on and on. And so like this, this person who, you know, ostensibly is probably way more important than I am. Forget it. Not even, not even talking to you anymore. Yeah. He, he was locked onto me. And then we had like a 10, 15 minute conversation about that. Right. So point being not that your goal should be to try to interrupt the president of your business. That's probably actually a bad idea. But the point, the point being right. the power yeah. of that knowledge is off the charts. On a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like that individual is going to go into some decision making about, you know, the next contract or next piece of work or whatever and go, well, he knows my daughter's name. That's not what, that's not the the process. No, no, no. No, They won't remember that you know that. That's not, it's, it's subconscious to your point. Yeah. You've, you've, you've hit a button that, that will impact decision making that doesn't even knowingly flow through the, through the, it's it's not in the rational. Yeah. Right. It's not in the right. rational brain. It's in, it's in the primitive brain. The fact that you, that you have that level of relationship. Right. So, you know, I'm telling that story to, to, yeah, exactly make that point. Well, and then, the, and, and that's interesting. So these are, these are all great ways to learn your client. This is not a 100% exhaustive list, right? Like if you find an interest of some kind, whether it's a hobby or, or whatever, whatever, then that is something that you put on your list and you make sure that you take the time when appropriate to discuss and make your awareness. Like Mm -hmm. this is, this is not about checking again, checking the box. This is about, Hey, get to know people. That's right. And the the point is to, uh, is to ultimately build trust. Right. But what we're doing here is we're saying, Hey, here is a checklist. You should at least know these things. If you, if you possibly can, and, and you're going to use them to help you build trust, right? So we're making a task out of it, but it, it all leads back to that core concept. So that, then we jump into item number three on the list, which is discuss. So item number three and how to create connections, seek to understand it's the first five minutes. So what first- we, we actually mentioned this in the last... Um, uh, two podcasts ago when we were talking about seek to understand. So really what we're doing is how to make seek to understand uh, actionable. And that is whenever you meet with a client, um, the temptation is to dive right into whatever business you have on hand. And instead, what we suggest is pull back a little bit and um, take the first five minutes to either to either A, um, get to know your client a little bit more, like uh, all those things we we just listed, or B or and B, um, ask them, Hey, what's, uh, what's high on your list? What's on your mind these days? Tell me a little bit about your state of mind, right? Try to understand from them first, before you dive into your business, things you need or things that you want, try to understand what's going on in their world a little bit. Yeah. And let's talk about that. These two things are closely tied together, right? So learn your client in the first five minutes. Like that's, those things are, are intertwined, like peanut butter and chocolate. Um, the, what's interesting about those is that this becomes a little more difficult in a COVID world. A little bit. Right. And, and so I, it's funny because I've mentioned to several people several times how, 
you the the amount of subtext and and sort of whatever that texture that you don't get when you walk with somebody from one meeting to the next mm-hmm right? It's that post-meeting chat when you're in the hallway and you're going, yeah, what about, and blah, 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 blah. When you go to the client and you're sitting at dinner and you're having drinks, it's so much easier to start talking about their kids. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting there and you're waiting for the hors d'oeuvres to show up and you, hey, so how many kids do you have? Right? Like that's organic and natural. So there's things that you can do here, and I'll give you a really good example to compensate, if you will, for the the new world order, this remote environment that we all live in. Yeah, I would mar- I would argue that this new environment makes the, the, what we just suggested about the first five minutes even more important, because that might be your only chance to to create some connection. You know, if you have a half hour. Uh, you know, video chat meeting scheduled, like we know you only have a half hour, but taking a a five minutes just to create a little bit of a connection and ask what's going on in their world, like probably can do you a world of good when you can't be with them physically. Yeah, that's right. Well, and, and I have, um, I have a client who likes to dial into the, he is the most punctual person on the, on the planet. And so he is literally like two or three minutes early for every meeting. It's, it's weird, wow. right? Cause everybody else is scrambling from one meeting to the next. And anyway, uh, I said, you know, like, wow, you're, you're super, super punctual, but I know that that guy is always on two to three minutes early. So if I want to get with him and we've got a meeting that's going to have seven people in it, dial in two or three minutes early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I get, like find the pattern. Right. Right. We'll find, yeah. we'll find the opportunity. Like you got to make it work, you know, and this is your job. This is your job. Right. right. So anyway, uh, just a little, little thought there for a COVID world. What's next, John? I would say uh, number four on the list, practice business etiquette, which is a very fussy sounding phrase. But what we mean by that is, um, again, speaking to the point of, you know, you're about to start a meeting with a client, you know, don't, that's not time to have dead air. Uh, or avoid um, avoid interaction, and so there's there's some things that you need to really make sure that you do to have good business etiquette, so that you create connections, so that again you build trust, right? And they are um, a few things. One, put people at ease. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, avoid the topics you should avoid. Uh, no no whoobies. What does that mean? We'll talk about mm. that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a note about note taking. So um, putting people at ease is really about always have as an account manager, I tell my account managers, um, you know, three to four client interaction points that you kind of can just bring out at a moment's notice to start a conversation, right? And you can, this is stuff that feeds into that first five minutes. So it's things like my favorite and it work, and it's a classic because it works all the time is tell me about yourself. Right. If I'm meeting somebody for the first time, usually start with that. I mean, it's trite, but it works. And people, everybody loves to talk about themselves and they will. And they'll tell you and they'll fill in all of those things that we talked about earlier that you need to learn about your client. Right. And that's how you get started doing that. So that's that's an obvious one. Another one I like to do with more senior executives. How's business? You'd be shocked what you learn when when you ask that question, because, first of all, they love talking about that. Um and it's going to lead them to tell you about projects and things that they're working on that may be opportunities for you as well, right? 
So that, that's a classic. Um, another one I'll do, like maybe if they're maybe aren't quite the business leaders, you know, what uh, what major projects are you working on besides this one? Um, less good. Sometimes I ask, you know, how long have you worked at the company? You might surface a little bit of stuff there. Um, here's an important one. This is a this is something you need to be able to do. Is um, what do you think about? the latest industry trend, right? So as an account manager, you sub, you should subscribe to your industry's trade publication to the Wall and a couple of other business publications like the Wall Street Journal or the Economist or you know more general business publications, Bloomberg, whatever. So that you can ask about those industry trends and that that also surfaces a lot of kind of strategic stuff that could be useful. I questions that are more like talking about the weather or sports, I mean, that can be a good conversation starter. Problem is with those, you don't learn anything that's going to be useful to you. So I would put those sort of dead last on the list, but that's where people tend to go is you'll find, you'll, people take the first five minutes and they're talking about the weather. I'm kind of like, mm. as an account manager, I'd encourage you to, to actually have a conversation that results in useful uh, trust building. Yeah. And I would say be cautious in terms of probably depending. And again, this is where everything comes with that caveat of, yeah, but you got to read the person that you're talking to. Um, but a little bit of both is probably not a horrible thing, not a, right? Not a horrible there, thing, right. There, there are some people that want to be strictly business and there's other people like, and you'll know when you're, when you're talking to them over a dinner, right? When you're talking to them over a nice steak dinner and you go, Hey, what's going on with business? Like, Oh no, just trying to get this dumb project done. Oh, okay. So what about the Braves? Oh man, did you see that thing last night? Like now, you know, okay, I know what makes yeah. this guy tick. And so if I want to make this a really difficult hour and a half meal, uh, I'll stay on business, but if I really want to, you know, um, really yeah. engage this individual, I'll go sports. Here's the important thing about that. Once you get that comfortable dialogue going about sports, when you need to vary, to deviate and go into that business world with that individual, they're going to be more open to it. That's right. You can circle it back to the, some of the more business oriented topics. If you, if you've built up that trust. Yeah. So I, I, you know, we put, I, in the book, we put it on the list. It is something that you can, it's the kind of thing you can talk about to build trust, just kind of lower on the list, because obviously the question of tell me about yourself, um, elucidates so much more about your client than anything else. Yep. Excellent. Um, other business etiquette points as you're yeah. trying to uh, create connections, uh, avoid the topics you should avoid. And they are politics yeah, and religion and religion. I'll do religion. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I, any hot topic, like, look right now, um, I think there's just so much, I think there's a lot of volatility in so many different topics right now. Right. And so you need to really think about like, this is always a very interesting thing, right? In terms of you, you have to know, you have to know your client. I, I, you know, like politics and religion, there, there's other items out there that I just probably wouldn't get too close to. Right. What do you um, do when your client uh, starts talking about the latest election and politics with you trying to seek your agreement with whatever their point of view is? I have a, I actually have a great story about that. I was talking to a client, a potential client with a very, very large organization. And he was a really nice guy. Like when it came to negotiations and all that, like he wasn't one of these guys where you had to figure out who was chumming the water because the sharks are circling. He wasn't one of those guys at all. Nice guy. 
but he had the craziest um, uh, desire to talk politics. This was back during the election for 2016. So it was an incredibly heated political environment. And he just, so who do you think is going to win the election? Is it going to be Trump or Clinton? And I was like, you know, I, I, I'm not real sure, right? Obviously, um, there's a lot in the air, whatever. And he went into, you know, I, his, I'm, his views, right? Yeah, and he said, you know, I, I'm a rare, a rare because I'm a minority, but I, I support Trump, and I just think that Trump is right. And he just went into it, and he kind of looked at me, and he, you know, well, what do you think? And whether I agreed with him or not had nothing to do with my desire to get out of the conversation. Yeah. You, you, at that point, you're like, uh, you're like uh, Neo in the matrix. You're trying to figure out a way to dodge, dodge that bullet. I, I was hoping that the alien ship thing would land and would beam, beam me up. Beam and, you up. And, yeah. That's right. That conversation. So, so what, what was interesting though, is I, I just looked at him and I said, yeah, I said, you know, there's certainly a lot of information out there. And I said, the, the absolute truth is I just, I haven't consumed enough to really have an informed response. I, I mean, I've seen a lot, but I tend to get a lot of information from one area and I need to do a little more research. And so I'm just not in a position to really give you a, a have an educated yeah. kind of dialogue and he, and about he, this. You know, and you, the person you're talking with, they know that's a dodge that you're dodging. The, you know, they know that you're trying to not answer the question. That's okay. That's right. Right. You're being polite about it. And you're kind of, you know, that's that's not your role here. Right. You're here to build trust, build business relationships and build trust. There's there's no even if um, you totally wind up agreeing, you know, you don't know that ahead of time and they, and you're not being additive to, to building trust. So that's you know, it's a dodge. It's it's not comfortable, but it is what it is. You need that's what you need to do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, stay away uh, from that stuff. More business etiquette. What's the? Well, this is probably the number one for business etiquette, and and I talk about it all the time. No wubbies. Yeah. What are yeah. wubbies, Fred? No, no wubbies. Uh, wubbies are those little safety devices that have actually evolved. They evolved through the course of your life. People don't realize this. Mm-hmm. The wubby that you carried around when you were six months old, a year old, 18, whatever that age. Meaning your security blanket. That's security, what, Wubby is the word for security blanket, right? That's right. You carry it around and, it, and that's what it is. It is that thing that provides you safety in life. What people don't realize is that as adults, that wubby is the thing that is in your pocket that you use to check Facebook and email and all that stuff, right? right? That phone has become the adult wubby of the of of three generations. That's right. Right? So yeah, no wubbies, no wubbies in meetings, no wubbies when you're talking to somebody. When you're standing there talking to somebody in the hallway and you say, hey, how's Chelsea? And he turns around and he's ready to engage because you remember his daughter's name and he goes, oh my gosh, you know what? So they went into the playoffs and you go, oh, that's really cool. But then you pull out your phone to check yeah. and make sure you're not late for your next meeting. You just said, "Right." I know I asked about Chelsea, but I really don't care. Right. That's right. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's a crutch to avoid. And in particular for any conversation that's unpleasant or, uh, that you're not enjoying or, um, you know, when you get into a client situation where it's a, maybe a tough negotiation, it's a, it's a crutch to hide behind a screen and, um, it's killing discourse. 
between humans. And so we, and we, we say no wubbies on purpose because we're trying to make the point of, you know, you think what is on that screen is really important, but it's really not. What you're trying to do is avoid human interaction. I had a, uh, a good friend of mine and, and we were, we're good friends, right? Like hang out and um, families have gone on vacations together and, and such. And, and I got really, really bad about just randomly pulling out my phone. And I didn't think it was a crutch so much as it was like a boredom elixir mm-hmm. or something, right? So I just, I was just always in the habit talking to people, whatever, whatever, pulling out my phone and just doing a quick flip and I put it back and I, I didn't feel like I ever disengaged from the conversation. I mean, right. it's really like an addictive behavior thing, right? And I'm with this friend of mine and I did it. It was, and it was like a, it's like a Friday night at, you know, 11 o'clock, we're out on the back deck, we're having a beer. And he looked at me and he said, hey, can I ask you something? I said, sure. And he said, I'm going to ask you to never do that again. <laughs> That's and I did, direct. Yeah, I was like, we're, we're, we are really good friends like that, right? It wasn't, I was just kind of like, and, and it just hit me. It hit me like a bolt <laughs> of lightning of like, I'm being, that's like how rude it is. Yeah. It's so incredibly rude. And I just sort of looked at him and, and I didn't, honestly, didn't have even a, even a second of being offended. I just was like, I instantly felt horrible. And I was like, holy crap. And in my head, I thought, this is a good, good friend. and thank That's God a good he, friend. It really, really is, yeah. And thank God yeah. he said that to me. How many people have I done that to in a business context that haven't said anything right. to me that have walked right. away thinking that asshole won't give me the time of day? Right. Whoa, so, whoa. this is a family I show. No, it's a family show, people. <sighs> Ouch. No, that's, no you, that's a great story. Um, that, that is a great story. Like, <laughs> Yeah, good friend. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good friend. And, and it relates to the last one on the list about business etiquette, which is around note taking. So I think where this comes from a little bit is um, co- in college now or any kind of higher education, or even even maybe a high school sometimes, a lot of note taking is actually now done on computers. And, um, and so it becomes, and so people translate that into, I'm in a business meeting, so I'm going to take notes on my computer. And again, I'm behind the screen, but this is okay because I'm taking notes about the meeting. So that's cool. No, it's not. Don't do it. That, that it, for a couple of reasons, one, if you're staring at a screen, you know, there is no such thing as multitasking. What you're really doing is you're, you're playing with your whoopee. And then, you know, two, the clickety clack of the keyboard is actually really distracting, um, you know, to everybody else in the meeting. Um, and, and in particular, and I just, God forbid, you know, if you're one-on-one with somebody, you know, it's 10,000 times worse. I've had that happen before. People start taking notes while we're talking like that. That's just dreadful. And um, it's, you know, and I think a lot of people are surprised to find out that that's not what to do in a business meeting. Now, I will say there is an exception. Sometimes you have very large meetings. Somebody, you might have like a project manager, somebody who's the designated note taker, but they're not a meeting participant. Right. They're maybe sitting right. in another place in the room. I'm talking about people who are participating in a meeting. If you are on point and probably you are because you are the account manager and you're meant to be in the meeting, actually helping to lead the meeting, facilitate the meeting, create discussion, that taking notes on your laptop. No, don't don't do it. You're you're using Wubby and you're killing trust by doing that. Yeah, you know, this is really interesting because this too brings in sort of like the new world order of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So now everything is done via Zoom. 
Mm-hmm. And, and if I can take notes on my computer, typically people are none the wiser, I think. Right. So well, you, you in, might think that, but they are, but they are. But here right. to me, the bigger, bigger danger is this is what I'm seeing on these video conference calls that, that makes me crazy and is the notion of being able to multitask. Right. So I'm on a conference call. I've got Slack up. Right. And so we're talking about this because we've got some sort of a back channel going so we can have this real time conversation about the client and about the conversation. So we, you know, we're making the good decisions and presenting all the appropriate, like all that stuff. Like that is a distraction. Yeah. Right. And if you have to have that sort of real time moment where you, hey, don't forget to talk about the thing. I, you know, like if you have to, you have to, because this is the new world order. What I'm going to tell you not to do definitively is talk about the shirt that that guy is wearing. Right. Like when you're, when you're in here and you're in the meeting and you have to exchange some piece of information to move the conversation forward. If you have to do that, do it, do it judiciously. But anything beyond that is an absolute distraction and an absolute no. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that, John? Uh, uh, tell me more about what you mean by that a little bit. Well, I'm just, I'm talking about that distraction of when I say something to somebody and then they go, hey, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You know, they were doing something else. You know, they're doing something else. Right. Yeah. And so that's my, my whole point. It's the, it's the note taking thing. It's the note taking is, is a perception thing, but it's also a, a distraction thing. Right. And so if you say I'm taking notes on my computer, the person across from you may or may not know that they may or may not like it. And at that point in time, what you've done is you planted something in their head that is not germane to the conversation. That's, that's right. Right. Yeah. I, I got lost in the shirt part analogy. <laughs> Yeah, I thinking no. about shirts. The, the, well, my point there is we've, that we've mentioned shirts a lot in this it, podcast. It, there's a lot of talk about shirts. No, my point being, <laughs> if you're not trading information that is critical to the conversation, right? So, you know, right. I've been on I've been on calls where people are like, "Oh my god, did he just say that? Oh my gosh, can you see? Look at the background there. Make your bed, dude." Like, there's that right. stuff going on, and you're like, if it doesn't add to the conversation, please stop. Right. Yeah, that's right. right. And that's what typing on a keyboard does. It, it doesn't add, it, it subtracts. Yeah. Um, so anyway, business etiquette. And and mo- and I would say the most important part of business etiquette in today's modern world is being really careful about focusing on humans instead of focusing on screens and technology. And it's tough. And it's tough, even tougher in a world where you're on a screen in order to interact with people in COVID. But we would just suggest you know, keeping your hands off the keyboard. Um and if your boss texts you in the middle of the meeting and says, I have an emergency, you know, you probably do need to respond to that. But just know when you start doing that, you are not paying attention to the meeting and you know you're violating your own rule, right? It does happen to the best of us. Um, but, you know, we, we lay these things out for a reason, which is to say there's a, there's a right way to do it. And sometimes, you know, life, war, the life isn't perfect and uh, the world doesn't always revolve around your rules. But just know when you're, when you're breaking an important rule. All right, let's move on to... Uh, Number five about how to create connections, uh, and that yeah. is how to interact with senior executives. No weird micro interactions. Yeah, the, uh, uh, don't be is weird. A, is how to interact with senior executives. It don't be weird. They are human beings. 
they they do the same stuff that you do, right? They get up and eat breakfast and brush their teeth and like they have they dogs their, that make messes and kids that don't listen to them. Like they put their pants on one leg at a time, right? They they don't jump off the bed and do both. Yeah. So I don't. don't, do yeah, they? don't Does anybody do that? I, I do it on uh, Wednesdays. Mondays, uh, I'm just not it. warmed up enough. You know, I'm not right. limber enough. But uh, right. yeah, no, no the, but in, I mean, that's this. Like, these are the people are people are people. We're all just people, and that's so right. treat them like people. That's what they want, right? It, you know, that sales interaction thing we talked about at the beginning. You know, you on so the point being, you know, on some level, you're selling yourself, and that is important. You do want to do that, but but not to the point of being being weird. And we'll give you three examples of weirdness that we've seen that you want to avoid when you're interacting with senior executives. And that is uh, one, and this happens in particular when you're presenting to uh, an audience, is focusing all your energy on the one executive. I've seen this a bunch, where oh, you're yeah. presenting to a room full of people. And you are only talking to the one person, the one senior business leader that, that matters. So all your energy is in him or her, and you're not even looking at the rest of the room. That's, that's a fail, right? It, and it happens all the time. All the time. I, uh, I got called out on this, and I'll share that. I got called out on this to where I was having these sort of um, like executive steering committee meetings mm-hmm. and there's a senior executive. Um, and then there, that, that person's right hand person who signs everything for us. And like, she is our go-to whatever, whatever. But I was a constantly going to the senior guy and saying, Hey, Mr. Senior executive, what do you think? Hey, Mr. Senior executive, what do right. you think? Hey, Mr. Senior. And then somebody came to me after one of the meetings and said, uh, I think you're kind of not ingratiating yourself with, uh, her. Right. There's other people in the room. And and once I was told, I literally, there wasn't a, oh, well, what do you mean? Or I can't think. And I don't think you're right. You're misreading. I instantaneously was like, holy crap, I totally am. Yeah. 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 Uh, Second kind of point, uh, avoid status reinforcing statements. So uh, I've seen this many times, uh, you know, the the sentences like, well, somebody in your position, you know, wouldn't have to worry about this or, well, you know, given, you know, what you do here, you know, something that is kind of arch like that and sounds like, you know, just reinforcing, well, you're obviously the most important person here. The, The important person in the room, you know, the owner of the business, the CEO, the chief technology officer, they, they know what their role is. Like they, they're not confused about that. They don't need to be reminded in a weird, in a weird way. Yep. So don't do it. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, and I have seen account managers do that. And it's like, <laughs> they, they know already. Yeah. Um, and, right. and the third one goes along with this avoid uh, weird, elaborate courtesies that you wouldn't do for anyone else. Like um, I, I'll tell you a story. Like the, the one I see all the time is like, um, you're you're 20 steps ahead the senior executive walking down the hallway and then you open the door for them and hold it for them with a presentation so you can't see me we're on a podcast but you know wave waving your arms open like i'm uh vanna white on wheel of fortune you know ushering you into the next room you know that's that's weird don't you know that kind of thing is really weird i have a little story in the book this is true one time i was uh 
uh, with a friend of mine, this is a few companies ago and we were walking into, um, a building and it had like a glass door and we could see that the CEO of the company, a pretty big company, um, was coming out. And so, uh, my friend goes to push the door open for him. And again, 20 paces ahead, like he's a Maharaja about to arrive or something like that. And because he doesn't, didn't take the time to look that it was actually a pull versus a push. He somehow awkwardly manages to like slam his whole body into the glass before he struggles to get the door open for the CEO who finally walks out. And he just, I I must've laughed for 20 minutes after that, um, which was, it was very enjoyable to watch, but he, he looked completely awkward and silly. And the CEO sort of gave us a glance like what, you know, um, where's the clown car? Where'd you park the clown car, gentlemen? <laughs> exactly. I tease him about it to this day. Um, but that that's what we're talking about. You know, you, you but if somebody, you both arrive at a door at the same time, hold the door open for somebody else. Yeah, you would do that for a friend or, you know, anybody else that you're with to, you know, have that level of, of courtesy. Uh, but just don't be weird. I can't, so I have a similar story in that um, it was actually my boss and I'd worked for him for a while. So we were comfortable with each other and I walked in and he was, he was at that really awkward in between zone. So he wasn't far enough back that I was like, well, I'm not holding the door. And he wasn't close enough to where it was like an automatic, like it was mm-hmm. like, crap, should I hold the door? Or should I not? I, eh, eh. And so I held the door and then I count it. Like, I'm like, well, you know, like one, you know, like I'm waiting for him to get there, waiting for him to get there. And finally I was like, ah, okay, to heck with it. And I, I let the door go and walk away. And, and he walks in halfway through the door closing and kind of like got caught in between. It was stellar. And he looked at me and, and he was, uh, he was a really cool guy. I love working with him. And, uh, and he just kind of looked at me and he laughed and he, you know, let, let a few expletives fly. And he's like, what the hell was that fuller? Like, you know, right. gee whiz, you're holding the door, aren't you? And so it was, about, it was exactly what you're talking about is that moment of like, I just, just walk in. Like I wouldn't have helped for yeah. anybody else. I wouldn't even have asked. I would have just walked in and not. Helped. Yeah. Right. You would have just you know, done what you normally do. You know, yeah. when it sounds like we need to do a whole podcast on door holding. We, <laughs> 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 We need to add a chapter of the book called uh, How to Hold a Door. That's the, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's a big theme here. But yeah, it's funny, yeah. yeah. We yeah. need to figure that out. Um, anyway, so number five, uh, how, how to interact with senior executives. No mm-hmm. weird micro interactions. And there's a reason why we say micro interactions, which is like you – your interactions with a senior executive, particularly in an account management context, like the person who actually signs the contract might be a person that you actually only interact with in a micro sense. Like you meet them, you shake hands, maybe you stop by their office. And then the meeting is with their subordinate team that actually is doing, you know, having the working meeting with you. So if you micro get weird uh, when you meet them, like that might be your only shot. And, and so what we're saying is, you know, don't do that. Be calm. Yeah, that's Right. right. That's, That's right. right. Um, one more on the list. Yeah, last one on the list. Last social, one. social media. Social media. So this is a interesting. We're going to kind of go the inverse here. So everything we talked about before is how to create connections and seek to understand so everything there. Social media is obviously all about connections, right? Connecting to other people. But our advice on that is going to be a little bit, a little bit different than what you might expect here. So. Um, we, we recommend you connect on professional networks like LinkedIn being kind of the obvious one, um, but not connecting personally necessarily to your, your clients. And um, 
Now, however, with the caveat of you're a marketing person and you own the social media property for your business and you're connecting to people as your business, that's, that's a little bit, that's a little bit different. Like that's certainly fine. Um, but we would suggest you not connect to people personally who are your clients unless you were, you know, friends previously. And we'll talk about that for a second. And there's a, there's a couple reasons for that one. You know, you don't know what um, is going to happen in the future and you also are not necessarily going to own everything that happened in the past. So somebody can um, post on social media uh, your best ever keg stand and then and tag you with it. And that's going to show up in the feed of your client. Is that what you want? Right. Right. And then in the future, um, you know, your, your life can change. And maybe that's not something you want clients to know. But I, I remember very specifically a person that I know on one of the larger social media platforms started posting about their mental health issues, which is fine, you know, amongst your friends. And that's cool. Um, uh, but, you know, is that necessarily something that you want clients to know about? Right. So uh, it, it, the, you just kind of don't know what what can how how your personal life can be separate from your business life. You don't know what can happen. Um, so we would uh, we would suggest not doing that. Yeah, I'll take that a step further and say that I have worked with people who have done this. I've worked with people who have said, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, Jenny over at Company A. Uh, actually, we just connected on Facebook. So, like, you know, like we're we're best buddies. I can make anything happen now. And it's actually a little bit of the opposite. Yeah. Like I've seen relationships that the more personal they become, the less productive they are from a business perspective. Yeah. And, and you want to, you do want to build that relationship, build trust and, and more personal self, like we talked about before is better. I think what's different about uh, social media is that it's a very thin connection, right? Like it's a, it's a pinhole into your, you're looking through a pinhole at somebody else, Right. Whereas what that relationship deepening that you want is all of the things we were talking about earlier. So real human connection. So knowing their kids' names, you know, being present with them, not playing with your phone, like really listening when they talk and trying to understand their world and their background, like that kind of one-on-one human connection. That's the connection that you want. The, the sort of um, connection that you have with just social media, that's not a real human connection. It's superficial. It's very superficial, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, man. So let's see here. So let me, let me hit, hit that list again. That's a lot of information. Yeah. So we, let's, we did a lot of one today. Let's cruise through that. Every interaction is a sales interaction, meaning value everybody equally. That's right. Le- learn your client. It's a soft skill you can turn into a task. You right. have a job to do. Learn your client go do it. This is about knowing your clients, not necessarily checking a box or a list. It's about get to know that person, right? Right. Discuss the first five minutes. So treat people as humans, essentially, right? Right. Don't go into that next meeting like, here we go, and we're going to check the box, blah, 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 go. Like, that's not how you do that. Everybody's human. They want to be treated like humans. Practice business etiquette. It's not about the forks. We ought to make that the subtitle. Practice business etiquette. It's not about the <laughs> Don't forks. Don't worry about forks. Don't right. worry about forks. So focus on um, focus on how you interact with people um, and, and, and your presence and how you treat people and the things you do and how that affects people, i.e. no wubbies. Right. How to interact with senior executives. No weird micro interactions. Senior executives are people too. Put on their pants one leg at a time treat them as such. Social media. 
basically more or less outside of LinkedIn, don't do it. That's right. If you were connected to somebody previously and they become a client, that's a judgment call. You can figure out what to do there. You, we might say it might be worth it to break the connection, but but the, more, more often than not, you know, it's just better to avoid it on a personal level. All right. I think well, we covered a, it. Yeah, well, there it is. So, so look, we're going to wrap this sucker up, but in doing so, go to Amazon, buy the book, buy the book. You get the hard hardback for $15, the Kindle for 10. It's a great read, great stuff, stocking stuff. We're selling it for Christmas now, right? So, uh, it, it's really good for any occasion. Uh, Valentine's Day, um, I'd give say- it a, Give it away to the kids at Halloween. It's a, it's a great, uh, right. Instead of candy, uh, the book, um, Thanksgiving, um, yeah. All right, right whatever. It's a, it's a great. It's a great you're out. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting right, you off. Sorry. Rate the podcast. Go to where you do that. iTunes or or iTunes, wherever. Whatever, like, whatever plat- go, we're on all the platforms. Right, rate wherever. this thing. Rate this thing, and then email us. Where can they email us, John? Uh, go to our website at fuller-brown.com, or you can just type in a dragon walks into a meeting, and um, there's a form, and you can send us an email there. All right. We want to hear from you. We know you got stuff going on. We know you got questions. Email us for this episode, Create Connections and Seek to Understand. I believe that is a wrap. John Brown, take us out of here. Well, uh, I had a lot of fun. Thanks, Fred. This was great. That's horrible. All right. For John Brown, Fred Fuller, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Account Management, A Tactical Guide to Success. We'll see you next time.